Welcome to the Grace Cafe with Dwayne Lynch. Real talk in real times. Real situations with real people. Keeping the perspective on God's grace. I'm gonna make a change. For once in my life, it's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I?
this week's Grace Perspective. What's up, family? Welcome back to The Grace Perspective. It's great to be back. You know, as a kid growing up in church, we used to play church all the time. One kid would play the preacher, while another kid would play that deacon or that church member that always had a comeback to everything the preacher said. Preach that. That's right. Say that. Hallelujah. One kid might pray that unique prayer that everyone was used to hearing, while another kid would imitate that church member that caught the Holy Spirit every Sunday and had that unique shout that everybody knew. It was funny. It was fun. We acted out just what we saw in church, and for the most part, it was cool. It was a game to us, and grown-ups thought it was cute. But let me ask a critical question here. What does it mean when we get caught 10, 15, 20 years into our Christian life and our reality is that we are still just playing church. What does it mean when our lives are more like a repeated sitcom than a true relationship with God? When life is no more than repeated religious behaviors learned through the years to appear spiritual, it means we are stuck. It means we are stagnant. It means that we are in that gray area where we are trying to look spiritual and still be cool with the world. 2 Timothy 3.5 describes it as having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. This verse is wrapped up by saying that we should avoid people like this. A few years ago, I was one of those people. I looked in the mirror one day and I did not like the Christian looking back at me. So I prayed for wisdom. I asked for understanding and God showed me his grace. Understanding God's grace had a huge impact on my life. It had a huge impact on my behavior. It had a huge impact on my thinking. Michael Jackson, the king of pop, sang about starting with the man in the mirror and asking him to change his ways. He said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. Mahatma Gandhi quoted, be the change you want to see in the world which I believe is that fine line between being the Bible most people will ever read or being that churchgoer that most people want nothing to do with. I believe that it's a matter of gaining new knowledge. I believe it's a matter of bucking a U.E. and heading in a different direction. With that being said, let's not play church. Let's be church. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for this week's episode of The Grace Cafe. Peace. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Grace Cafe. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
you know, I've been on somewhat of a sabbatical to work out some things in my heart and mind as well as have some conversations with God. And I believe that what I've heard will help somebody, will help my listeners today. You know, this episode is going to be like a kind of touchy one for me. But in, in my experience, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And with that being said, I need you to listen close to you know, everything I say as I drive a critical point home. You know, my topic today is let's play church. And I named it that because for so many people, that's their reality. They are, you know, people are just playing church with no understanding of what that really means. So, you know, a situation was brought to my attention a few weeks back that kind of hurt, but at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm just glad it happened because it's one of the reasons that people leave church and never come back. It's also, you know, a reason why most people want nothing to do with church. But it's also, you know, it's also a, you know, one of the core reasons why I'm doing this podcast, because I need to give people a different um perspective or a different look on God and I'm trying to get people to see past people and see what God has actually you know given us or laid out for us you dig one man so even though I'm doing this podcast today in a spirit of love this is something that has to be talked about and it needs to stop it is my belief that church hurt gossip and self-righteous Christians are some of the core reasons why people leave or want nothing to do with church. But most of the time, uh, our Christians refuse to recognize this or most of them, you know, just don't care. And so I care. I care about people. I care about the grace of God. And I care about people getting this message about the grace of God. So now to set all this up, you know, let me give you like two scriptures real quick. The first one is Romans 14, 23, which tells us that all that is not of faith is sin. So all that is not of trusting God with your life is sin. The second scripture is James 4.17, which tells us, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What does that mean? What does that even mean? That means that when we do stuff wrong, we know it's wrong. And a lot of times we just, you know, we, that we use grace as an excuse to just keep doing what we're doing because we want to do it not because we know that you know grace covers us but we just do it because that's what we want to do but the bible says that that when you know to do good and don't do it that's sin so with that being said you know here's the situation you know um a few months ago i removed myself from a ministry simply because there were things going on that I just couldn't wrap my head around, you know? In that time, I've spoken about my reasons only twice. 
I spoke with two friends in Christ and one of them asked me to return and explain my reasons for leaving. I did as I was asked and I was met with shade from the congregation and in one instance, um, a public embarrassment. So me being me, I'm not getting into all that. I just left it alone, you know, but which brings me to the premise of this podcast today. You know, apparently, and I use apparently because, just because, you know, apparently there was a leaders meeting either while I was there or after I left, which me with my, you know, my understanding, I can only understand it as a tactic to make me look bad and turn the ministry against me for leaving. You know, that's the way I see it, but it may not be that way. You know, allegedly statements were thrown around using a 15 year old good deed to drive that point home. Now, before I go on, I have to say this, that when I first heard it, and I'm quite sure this will be the mindset of anybody that this happened to, you know, when I first heard it, I was pissed. And that's just being real about the situation. But today I can say that, one, I'm not the least bit mad or upset. But two, what took place was wrong. But you know what? Grace has lo- and love has been given to me. Therefore, I have to give out what I've been given. Number three, it's things like this that makes Christianity a joke, though. And these things need to stop because it is also my belief that we are held accountable for the lives we push out or keep out with bad behavior. So look, check this out. Go with me to Mark 7.13. Now Mark 7.13 says this. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down. And many such things you do. Now, here's the thing about this scripture. In this scripture, religious people thought that religious acts, the things that they did, please God. They had passed down the way they did things through, I mean, a ton of generations. So to them, it was normal for them to do certain things and no one really questioned the motives behind the things they did. The thing is, is that Jesus came along and rebuked them for things like hypocrisy and doing things, you know, above the commandments of God. So what they thought was cool was actually, uh, what, what would you call it, uh, vain. It was vain. Things in our day haven't changed much. In my opinion, they've actually gotten worse. Christians have been doing things and accepting things for generations that really have no biblical foundation. And they place these things thing, place these things in the same ballpark as scripture. Like we can do this or this is what can be done. Well, scripture tells us that 
when we do things outside of God command, God's commands, it makes the word of God of no effect. Hear me now. Hear me on this part. It says it makes the word of God of no effect, meaning that, you know, the the Bible says that the word of God, that God's word is sh sharper than any two-edged sword. But that word cannot penetrate. It makes it makes no there is no effect for the word when the person being affected has to go through. You know all these things that church people you know bring. Now, Jesus was referring to, I mean, but don't get me wrong. Jesus was referring to church tradition. But what caught my attention in this verse was this. And many such things you do. The fact of the matter is, there are so many things being done in the church that are just not of God. But because we attend church, uh, we pay tithes and offerings. You know, we're on this committee or that ministry team. We we think that these things are okay to do. Well, let me be the one to tell you they are not. And I believe that if we really understood God's grace, we would know this. You know, I was a Muslim for a long time, for quite a number of years. And I, I, I believe that I was, from my level of understanding, I believe I was a good Muslim. You know, but you know what Muslims believe? Muslims believe that when they die and see God, if their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds, they will be accepted in the heaven or paradise as they, you know, as they call it. Well, let me tell you this. Grace doesn't play that game. We don't get to do what we want here. We don't get to live how we want here. We don't get to play church, play that church game, do some good deeds, and then go to heaven. I just don't believe that it works that way. I believe grace has a standard. You know, I believe, I, I truly believe that grace has a standard. And, it, and it's just things that you just don't do. You know, you know what? My mother started taking me to church when I was about, I, I want to say, six or seven years old. By the time I was 11 years old, do you know that I hated church and I hated church people? Why? Three main reasons. Number one, my mother was physically and verbally abusive to me at that time. So it didn't, you know, church wasn't a thing where, that I took to because what was going on when I when I got out of church was something totally different. In my opinion, number two is my in my opinion, church people were the meanest people I had ever met. And that included my mom. You know, but you know, number three was and this was you know number three was a pretty big one for me you know it seemed easy for church people to do one thing in church and do something else outside of church 
I saw and I and I believe that I believe that God placed it in me to pay attention to these things even at a young age. So, you know, just to just, just for today. I remember one day I remember my mother sending me to, you know, to get something from one of her church member friends. And when I, you know, when I was a little boy, and when I got there, I remember the deacon of the church and my mom's friend was in that joint getting busy. They was getting it in, you know. And I I really didn't know how to handle that or I didn't know. I was, I was a little kid. I didn't know how to handle that. And so, or, or I didn't know how to explain that to my mother. So what I did was I quietly backed out, backed out, told my mother she wasn't there, and I never mentioned what I saw, never. To this day, my mother, you know, my, my mother's gone on to be with the Lord, but to this day, I had, I had never mentioned that to my mother, you know, mentioned what I saw. But at that point, I had a strong distaste for church people. And that and the the bad part about that is I had that at a very young age because the things that I was I was experiencing from church people, you know, so called church people. So I went to jail before I was twelve years old, right? And I continued that pattern for the next twenty six years of my life along with drug use and crime and anything else that would get me in trouble. In that time, I never even considered Christianity. In fact, I did everything but Christianity. I was in the Moor Science Temple of America. I was in a nation of Islam. I was a Sunni Muslim for a long time. No one in church, I mean, and in that, in that time span, in those 26 years, there was nothing anyone could tell me from church, and that included my mom, even though she tried. She tried. I mean, as as she, as she, um, I want to say grew, as she grew, she tried her hand at telling me, but I believe that you know, damage had already been done from a young age. So there was not, you know, even though she was telling me and she was trying to get through to me what God had, you know, done for us, she was trying to get it through to me, but the damage had already been done. And why am I saying this? I'm saying this because the same way I felt all those years, many feel that way today with unyielding conviction. That's what we got to get. People feel like this because they feel that they're right to have that position. And in, and I can't say they, they don't. It's valid. That's why we have to be careful of what we do and mindful of how we treat people while professing to be Christians. People, come on. Are you serious? Fast forward to the year. Uh, fast forward to the year after you know my my mom passed i was homeless 
I was addicted to heroin and coke, and on the and I was on a run for parole violation. I had this crazy encounter with God sitting in an abandoned car. I went to jail that day. As a matter of fact, it was Labor Day. I went to jail that day for the last time, praise God. I had a second encounter the very next day with God. I had a third encounter the day after that. But you know what? God had my attention and my mind was made up at that point. My mind was made up because he, I mean, everything else was removed. I had, I had nothing else to depend on. I had no people to fall back on. I had nobody in my corner. I was by myself. He separated me from everybody else and he had my attention. I received I surrendered my life. I mean, I'm t- I, I mean, I totally surrendered my life that day. And I received, guess what? I mean, guess what I guess what he did? I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a prison cell by myself. But you know what that did for me? I was on fire for God, straight up. Straight up. And I could not wait. I could not wait to get home and tell people what God had done for me. But here's the thing. If you don't know, I'm here to tell you that it's a lot easier to be saved in jail than on the streets. Why? Minimum, minimum, very minimum distractions. You did. Even though things go on in jail that 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 you can easily be get, get caught up in. It's. It's easier to hear or study or whatever the case may be in jail than it is on the street. What I had in my favor that last time I went to jail was this. I had a made-up mind. I refused. After what God has showed me, I refused to go back to my old life. And it didn't matter to me what happened. I didn't care. I didn't care what came. Which brings me to my next point. I have watched people play this holier-than-thou role, turn people off, hurt people, among other things, and then go about their business as if they had done nothing. That's wrong, people. That's not right. And it's not something we can keep doing. And that's why I'm bringing it to people's attention because, I, I mean, maybe maybe we don't understand that this is what we're doing. But I'm here to tell you that's what you're doing. When I got home, I quickly, and I'm talking about while I was still in the halfway house, I quickly attached to a church. After about a year, something happened that could have sent me, like, reeling back to the streets. If not for a made-up mind, I probably would have went back to the streets. So, here's the thing. After about a year, I was asked by the pastor of the church 
to attend a leaders meeting. Mind you, you know, I'm I'm fresh off the street. A year is not a enough time in my in my mind to be in a leaders meeting. But I was asked to do so, so I did. You know, um I I was asked to come to this leaders meeting and when I walked through the door when I walked through the church door, a couple of people started a conversation like I wasn't even there. You did? I heard one person say, what's he doing here? You know? And then another person was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm saying this to prove a point. Now, f- first, this is the kind of stuff that would send the average person back to their old life. Am I right? I know I'm right. I could have turned around that day and walked out. That's number one. Number two, I could have cursed them out. Number three, I could have cursed them out, walked out, and never returned to church again. But But here's the thing, people. The pain from my past was much greater than the hurt of that situation. So I stayed. I took it. I took it, people. And I kept going. But let's think about something here. Let's think about this thing. What if, what if I wasn't that strong? What if my mind wasn't made up? Then what? I tell you what, I wouldn't even be here today. That's the thing. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be saved. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have good on my mind because that day would have sent me back in the street. I will probably be back in the streets hustling, using, or back in jail. And no, here's the thing. If, If that would have happened at that time, guess what? No one, nobody would have taken the responsibility for it. You know what they would have, I'm going to tell you what they would have done. They would have said things like, I knew he wasn't ready. (laughs) Guess he wasn't tired enough. I knew it was just a matter of time. You know, these these are the things that, we say to, you know, justify somebody going back into, you know, as we call it, uh, backsliding. These are the things that we use to justify never taking responsibility that your mouth, your attitude, or something that you did sent a person back to their old life. And it wasn't love, it wasn't grace. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. One of the people in that conversation told another Christian, and I imagine that they thought they would never get back to me, and, and told another person, I give him six months, and he'll be back out there. Praise God, it's been 13 years. And I'm not saying that to brag, because me being here today, 13 years later has nothing to do with me. 
It was it's, it's God's grace that has kept me all these years. And guess what? I have not done everything right. But guess what? It, Ephesians 2.8 tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is a gift. It's a gift God gives us. This grace is something that he gives us and we don't have to work for it. We don't have to do anything for it. He's giving it to us. You see, though, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Those people, you know what they were doing? They were looking at my past. They were looking at my background and they felt that I didn't belong there based on based on my my background, my past. But what they failed to realize was that I was saved by undeserved favor. I was saved by grace and it was a gift given to me and it was a gift that they could not take. You understand what I'm saying? Most times gifts are given in the spirit of love for somebody. That's not what I received that day. You know what I received that day? I received judgment. And on my judgment on my past life and judgment on what they thought judgment on what they thought I would do not knowing or they didn't even care they were speaking a curse over my life I was being set up for failure or derailment before I really even got my foot in the door. Come on, people. Are you serious? This is what Mark 7 is talking about. It's talking about when, when this is what it's talking about when it says, and many such things you do. That's what it's talking about. I mean, in, you know what I've learned from that incident? And the many other incidents over these years. And this last one. You have to. You got to take your eyes off people man. If you really want a better life. You got to put them blinders on. It, I'm reminded of this. Uh, I'm reminded of this. Uh, what was it? It was a movie called The Biker Boys. And Lawrence Fishburne, he was like the the champion bike rider. And when he would get on his bike, what he would do, he would get tunnel vision. You know, he, it was all these things around him. You know what I mean? All these things going on around him. And th he was mindful of these things. But the only thing, it, th these things were on the on the on the outside. But his mind was focused on the finish line. And this was, and, and if you want, if you really want God to work in your life, you got to have that tunnel vision, man. You got to have it. Because people don't, uh, come on now. What, what, when Christ was on the cross, man, he said, God forgive them. Don't hold this, what they're doing against me because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. 
you have to take your eyes off people because it's not them. The enemy will use a Christian to derail you just as quickly as he will use someone in the world. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. And let me tell you this. He will use a Christian to do it if he has to. Christians will gossip. They will lie. They will treat people wrong. They will do people wrong. And if there is a negative response or the person leaves, guess what they'll do? They'll blame it on the person. Never taking responsibility for bad conduct. I have even witnessed people. I've witnessed people saying this or that about people. And then brush it off as prophecy. The fact of the matter is this, people. If we can do any of these things and not bat an eye, then we need to check ourselves. Because the reason why we got to check ourselves is because nothing I just mentioned is done in love. The Holy Spirit doesn't prompt you to gossip, to prophesy, to do people wrong. It prompts you not to do these things. Which brings me to chapter 2 of Romans. And it, you know, it brings to the point of talking about judging. And my time is up today, but we will go straight into that on our next episode. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you next time on the Grace Cafe. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to The Grace Cafe. Join us next week for The Grace Cafe. God bless. Yo.